Hello and welcome to the Lean Line podcast. Chris here, I hope you're keeping well and staying safe. And you know the rest, we're back once again with another podcast talking about the weekends, well, not my weekends, it's midweek, SWPL action. And of course, I'm joined as always by Campbell Phyllis. And Campbell, how are you doing? Ach, I'm up and down, Chris. It's, um, it's a lot going on, it's no all good, but we're here, so <laughs> that's life, isn't it? We're surviving and we're recording, so what's not to like... Yes, we are recording as the new automated voice keeps telling us. Don't, don't, we're not a fan of her. Um, but yeah, we are here to talk about the midweek action SWPL as we head towards the end of the SWPL one season, and then we've got some SWPL two, which is you know more weeks of stuff. But SWPL one, um, four games midweek. All of them are available to view in full. If you so I did three. Uh, I don't know why I did that because as usual I got distracted by watching all three of them kind of catching everything. But um, important game because obviously with the results on Sunday, the title race is very much back on. Uh, so you had Glasgow City against Hearts the BBC Owl game, Forfar Farmington Rangers, Motherwell Spartans and Hibernian versus Celtic. And I think that's where we're going to start Campbell. Uh, Hibs versus Celtic probably the big game in midweek after the results at the weekend. And um, down at Pennycook Park, fans in attendance as well. Uh, they've already had the rant about how good it is to see fans in attendance at a game. And, you know, Hibs got, got it out there as well because I think that it wasn't going to be live for a, a few days. And then I think they've, they've managed, I know they sorted some stuff out to get it out there. So I'd rather people make the effort to get a game live than, than not do anything at all. So definitely, um, we, about, we about started at the start, but second half was was excellent. And Gerald Campbell, uh, Hibs have played really well these last two games, I think. And yet they seem to have come out with that with no goals and only one point. Um, uh, there's Celtic win one now. A header from Caitlin Hayes just before half time. But before we get to the goal, yeah, Hibs have found, I think we've talked about the finding a formula in these big games. And I think this is the first time I've seen them really go on the front foot. And they were causing Celtic lots of problems in that, that opening period. They were. I mean, we've just discussed it obviously there before we before we started recording about Hibs. <laughs> you never really know what to say because one week you're praising them and then the next week they just don't turn up. So it's, it's, they've been a strange side and. There's probably games where they'll feel they could have picked up more than they have done and maybe be a bit more comfortable further up the table. So it's it's strange for them. But um I like you say, I mean I've only seen bits of this game, but they were they did try to attack, which is something that we've maybe seen a bit less from Hibs in these games against the likes of Rangers Celtic City this season, because obviously they're they're not as strong a side as they have been in previous years. So you've we'll try to play your own strength, you've also got to try and kind of nullify the opposition. They've done it well against Glasgow City in particular this season. Um and I mean, obviously losing by one goal to Celtic is sort of the worst result in the world. Like you've nothing to be ashamed of with that. But it's it's one where they'll feel they maybe could have got something out of it. So I mean, there'll be there'll be mixed emotions for Hibs. I think they'll be frustrated to come away with nothing there, but they'll, they'll certainly be pleased with, with their performance, particularly in that first half. Yeah, I mean, first half, I thought I thought they were the better team, and I I feel like we some downplay Celtic quite a bit. I was thinking about this when I was thinking about when we put my notes together for today because I've got lots of Hibs notes, but I don't have very many Celtic notes. But then I think that's kind of how Celtic are, are get they win games at the moment, and it doesn't really matter how they're doing it. And let's go ahead to the goal. I mean, the the first thing to point out was that um, in the preceding incident, the, the preceding phase of play. There we go. You can tell I do lots of stats. In the preceding phase of play, um, Emily Much came out to kind of collect a cross and. Fumbled it and it went out for a corner. I saw a couple of folk on Twitter kind of saying it could have been a foul. It's really hard to tell Campbell in terms of like the angles that are available. Um, I, 
I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. Could you make any, I know you like zooming in and speeding up and slowing things down. Oh, he's, he's, showing, he's, um, he's making a decision as we speak about whether it's uh, <laughs> as a film. Just try to remember it. It's, it was, um, no, I mean, it's not a film, is it? I, I, I didn't think it was a film. I thought she came out and dropped it. But I, I, she comes out and drops it. I mean, goalkeepers, goalkeepers get an easy ride a lot of the time for officials when they come out. And if anyone goes near them, it's a free kick. And I mean, she's come out there and there's people around her, but a lot of time it's her own teammates as well. She's come out, she's dropped the ball. And for me, it's, it's a corner. And then obviously, if I'm Hibbs and Dean Gibson, I'm, I'm more annoyed at the defending. Yeah. Because yeah. they've switched off with the ball coming short and then coming in. The defence is static and then Emily Watch comes right racing towards Caitlin Hay without actually looking at the ball at any point. So by the time it gets to, to Caitlin's head and into the net, Emily Watch is thinking of looking at defenders, but I think they're all to blame there. It was, it was poor for Hibbs and it'd be a sloppy goal to give away. Just and given how well they did play, Dean in particular will be annoyed at the fact that they've lost the game to what was a very avoidable goal. Yeah, I mean, I think that was my takeaway from it. The debate around whether it was a fill or not. And I, as I said, from what you could see, it, it just looked like it was a, a fumble. But to give Caitlin Hayes, who is a pretty dominating presence in a, in a penalty area, that much space at the back post, um, yeah, I think that'll be the thing that really disappointed Dean Gibson. Because before then, they had chances. Amy Gallagher had an effort. And there was a there was a nice move that didn't quite come off. I think I couldn't quite pick out who it was. It was trying to poke it into the net. Um, but then in the second half, I still feel like Hibs were in the ascendancy. They they didn't create as much. I think Celtic were doing a, a, a much better job of kind of countering that. But towards the end of the game, you had that little bit of... You could sense Hibs were trying to push for it. Um, they had a, a shot cleared off the line. Um, and then injury time, free kick from Javon Hunter, kind of straight down the throat of Rachel Johnson. But the headline of this game is Celtic won again. Um, 1-0 victory. And... They keep within three points of Glasgow City, and as long as they keep within three points with that last game of the season, Glasgow City have got, and to be fair, playing Spartans on Sunday, um, that that's basically all Celtic can do at the moment. It is. I mean, Celtic have improved a lot since the first time I saw them with the, the, kind of the squad they've got now. Obviously, when when the season resumed again, they were poor against Glasgow City, and the, the games I have seen them in again, not always been impressed with them, but they're they're good at getting the job done. It's their midfield for me is always there that stands. At least Robertson has just been phenomenal every single time I've seen a um, seen a tea garden and a Philby as well. And then even when they've had players coming in, the likes of Izzy Atkinson, they've all filled in and they've all been creating goals and scoring goals as, as well as being just solid in the midfield. To kind of, at times you see them where they're maybe not the most fancy players, but they'll do the work to let the likes of obviously you've seen them. Um, what's it? Sarah Ewan, sorry, um, and Mariah Lee and players like that that are very, very capable of causing problems to the defences, and they have been. And Celtic, like City and Rangers, actually have really improved at the back where they've signed players that are just simply defenders, which they've all lacked, I think, in previous years. And you notice that Caitlin Hayes, obviously, perfect example, has been unfairly, perhaps, um, left out of the, the Player of the Month award last month, but she's she's shown that she's a real, um, real good signer for Celtic. To go 11 games unbeaten is, is fantastic for them and they'll still feel they're in with a shout catching Glasgow City. We won't have debates about Player of the Month awards because I think we'd be at it forever <laughs> if we did that. But um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you make a good point about the kind of bigger teams signing defenders because I think you've seen that with all three teams in terms of the areas they, they had to pick up on. But it's a really good result for Celtic. It's another one ground out. They, they didn't make as many changes as, as they usually do for these games, which I think shows the progress Hibs have made and 
Hibs, Hibs are going to be interesting next season because they've obviously signed signed up a few players um, for the next campaign. They've got a, got a goalkeeper coming in, Tony English, um, Emma Heikler, and there's another one that's signed up. Um, so I'm interested to see how that goes because I think what has happened with a couple of sides is the more games they've played, there has been a pick, pick up in fitness for some of them. Now, I think for Hibs, they, they do need to build bulk out their squad, which is obviously what they're looking to do, but they'll be heartened by these performances and it's maybe taken a wee while to kind of get a plan together for these games while they're a bit under underdone. But yeah, the headline is Celtic win 1-0 and it keeps them within three points. And they had to win because Glasgow City defeated Hearts 4-1 at the Falkirk Stadium. Um, Glasgow City continued their tour of stadiums while they wait for the situation to put itself apart to resolve itself. Um, and they went 1-0 up after eight minutes. Hayley Lauder, I thought Hayley Lauder scored already this season, but I, ch- I checked my spreadsheets and she hadn't. So it was Hayley Lauder's first goal of the season. Um, bit, of a, bit of a scrambly one. And at that point, you thought, you know what? Glasgow City won up in Hearts. Hearts, bottom of the table, have had been on the wrong end of a, of a couple of heavy results, and especially after Glasgow City struggled so much against um, Hibs on the Sunday that you thought this would be an opportunity for Glasgow City to really push on. But full credit to Hearts, they... They snuffed it pretty much. Well, they snuffed out everything after that that opening chance for for Haley Lauder in that first period. It did. I mean, it shows the character of Hearts as well because there's been times, as you say, this season where going to go down to this, these sides at the top of the table, teams have collapsed, including Hearts themselves. But you've seen that less so in recent weeks where they they do look a lot stronger and a bit more resolute. And again, it's just that time of you're getting time playing with each other, you're understanding each other's game a bit more. It's been a new squad for a lot of the teams this season. So for Hearts to get these players playing again, they play with each other, sorry, a lot more and training with each other as much as they can do. You have noticed a difference in, as we say, they are a young squad. They've got a few experienced players in there, but they're still quite a young team. So they'll take a lot of credit. They deserve a lot of credit, sorry, and they'll take some themselves from, we're going to go down that early on to City, as you say, you're expecting perhaps it's going to be a long night, but to hold out as long as they did and then obviously get an equaliser as well, they'll, they'll be pleased with that and there's... At the end of the day, causes a defeat, but you've seen from their social media and things that there's, there's certainly a lot of positives there for Hearts and another team that's got an interesting season ahead of them. Yeah, I mean, as good as Hearts were in that first half, and to be fair, I think it continued into the second. I think there was just that conditioning part came into it towards the back end of the game. Is it a wee bit of a worry for Glasgow City that, you know what, they only scored that, that can early go, and obviously against Hibs, they struggled to break down, and they weren't creating loads of chances in that, in that first period uh, against Hearts. No, I mean, it's a tough one, my city, because there's been so many games this season where you've watched them and thought, you weren't really that good there, but they know how to win these games, and that's been the difference between themselves, Rangers and Celtic. Um, well, so it's they're not creating many chances there, as you've seen, but then you've seen other games, the for first half almost came back to mind, where they created numerous chances there that took ages to get through. So, I mean, they're top and they're winning games, so they'll be, they'll be happy with that, but there is certainly, there'll be something there in Scott mind where he'll know he needs to work on it and he'll need the players to, to try and improve and, and take their chances at times because obviously they're still scoring plenty of goals, but there's a lot of the time where they're, they're not creating and then when they do create, their finishing is poor and it's it's not kind of looking back to bite them yet, but again, some of the bigger teams, there's, there's certainly the chance that one day it's not going to pay off and it could cost City, so it's it's something a lot to work on, but I think that's not one thing that they'll be they'll be too kind of, too worried about given given they're still picking up the results. No, absolutely. But um, just after half time, Hearts got an equaliser that I think let's be honest, I think it shocked lots of people. Um, uh, Mario Carey, oh, for me, 
it kind of got to her. Well, a ricocheting ball about the place got hit her knee, and then it kind of went into the back of it. It's uh, it's not going to be goal of the season, but it definitely it pricked a few people's attentions because any any team once when, when you're in, in a game, you always have a, a puncher's chance at, um, at getting a result. But to be fair. It took maybe 10, 15 minutes. Kind of Glasgow City composed themselves and then Janine Van Wyke, who seems to just enjoy stepping forward and having a hit. Um, I think this is our, I know we debate a lot about long range goals, but I think this is this is one of the better. Well, she got quite a bit of time to hit it, but when she did, it was top corner bound um, to kind of put City 2 1 up. Leighton, when I first watched it, I kind of think that's floating and then you see it back and you're like, no, that is ripped in it kind of thing. So it's. She's not afraid to do it. She scored a few this season. Then obviously it's a great save denied her from doing it again later on in the game. But it um sometimes you just got to have a pop. As you're saying there, we've discussed the fact that City have maybe struggled to break teams down at times. Have a shot. Because with your respect to a lot of the goalkeepers in SWPL, a lot of the time you're going to shoot and find the net. We've seen it with teams, not always mistakes, but just sometimes it's just going to go in if you're if your shot's good enough. And obviously this one was was the exception and that it was just a phenomenal strike, but there's always that chance. You, you don't see enough from teams where they want to pass the ball in the net. Just shoot. If you don't shoot, you don't score. Do you? I know it's the old cliche there, but it happens. So to go for it, it was um, it's a good strike. And it's, it's a goal that I think City needed just to kind of break that malaise of right, we're drawing with the team bottom of the league here. And from then on, they went on and 4-1 looks comfortable. But it, it certainly wasn't. So that goal was certainly a catalyst for, for the win the other night. Yeah, the the goal was definitely the catalyst, and then I think getting the third in pretty quick time afterwards as well. Um, I think it was Priscilla Chinchy had a shot from range. A really, I mean, a top. I, I think Charlotte Parker's must like a really good shot stopper. I think there's been other things that she's been caught out with over the course of the season, but I think she's one of the better shot stoppers in the league. And she tipped to tip this top corner effort away and out for a corner, but a uh, ball came in from the corner. Jenna Clark up, heads it. Another good save from Charlotte Parker-Smith, but she maybe would be disappointed to push it out as opposed to over the bar. And then Nee Farrelly's in there to kind of gobble it up in the scramble and make it 3-1. Um, Aoife Coville came on for that to score a fourth to make it 4-1. But, I mean, Glasgow City is, is just winning the game, so that's, that is their modus operandi at the moment. I mean, as we've said, they've not always played great football, but if you're winning the games, you're not going to complain too much. So it's, it's the stage now where City have looked at this season, knowing what, what's going on with Celtic and Rangers, thinking this is going to be more of a challenge than we've had in previous years. And then obviously losing 5 0 to Rangers, two different squads, we get that. But they would have been thinking, right, we really do have, have a title challenge on my hands here. So their form since they come back has been phenomenal. So to go on there, and um, to win another game like that, they'll just be thinking, right, we've only got two games left, let's just win them. And if we can do that, then we're heading for the title. So it's um, it's all about winning at this stage. And as much as their football hasn't been pretty, I think Scott Booth will know that, but they've got a new squad as well. And a lot of these players have played with each other before, of course, so it take, take time to settle in, but it's a win. And that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So it does, it keeps them three points clear of Celtic and Glasgow City and Celtic very much in control in terms of the title race and the Champions League places. Um, Rangers, who are in third, uh, five points behind City and further two behind Celtic, uh, travelled up to Station Park to play four for Farmington, um, which I paid my £4 for to, to watch as uh, the, waiting for the other games to start and then the multi-screen started appearing. Um, yeah, I mean, the first half wasn't, Blockbuster. Um, I think 36 minutes in was the first shot, and it was the first shot on target. And it was uh, 
first shot on target, and it was a goal. Dana Murmur getting her first in the first of the season, nipping it at the back post after a ball. Probably shouldn't have got it her at that by the time it had gone past the number of Rangers and for for Farmington players, to be fair, uh, by the time it got it her. But I actually took that away well. Uh, Rangers brought on Sam Kerr, Brogan Hay and Lizzie Arnott, and then when they bring them on in that second half, they kind of pull away from for for Farmington a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of games being played and obviously Rangers will... No, no Champions League is their only real aim now, but um, they've, you're seeing these changes made. And last night, there's players coming in that can do a job, but we'll look at the depth that Glasgow City have got, whereas and they've come on and they've beaten teams with the reserve side, if you want to call them that, comfortably enough. Whereas Rangers last night, they took the time, got a scrappy goal to take the lead and then kind of had to wait until they brought on their big guns to then go, and, to go, and go, uh, go on the score sheet and just kind of eventually settle that game. It's it's a strange one. We've said it before where there's perhaps the best first eleven, but the squad depth is still something that's clearly lacking. So having to bring off the big players, maybe would have been Malky Thompson's aim, but he would have hoped that some of these players that maybe not starting at the time could have come on and said, look, I want to be I want to be in the team, I'm going to make my mark here. And perhaps be disappointed they didn't, but as you say, they brought the players on, they've scored to him late on and four 0 it's it's another one that it looks comfortable for them. But let's say maybe not their best performance, but again, winning is all that matters and their chase for Celtic is, is still on at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I got the impression from the, the team because it, it's not often Rangers change it that much. And part of me goes, was it because obviously uh, the way the results worked at the weekend hampered their kind of push for the title? Um, and also the fact that maybe some of these players do need to show that they are worth kicking about for Rangers next season because... They have been handed out new contracts. So, I mean, Kirsten Riley, Chelsea Cornet, Brogan Hay, Demi Vance have got a, got a contract extension today, the day we're recording it as well. So they are obviously like looking to future-proof for the future-proof for the future. What a terrible sentence that is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they are obviously looking to do that. And I think I think that the bright the bright sparks for, for Rangers these last couple of weeks, because it does feel like they've not they've not really been at at the levels that they would want to be at have been Sam Kerr and Brogan Hay, and I think those two will be very key for them next season. They will be. Brogan Hay is a player that we've obviously picked out before, but she's really, especially in the last couple of months, she's really kind of came with a four. And the minute she gets that ball, you, you know where she's going. You know she's going to beat these defenders as much as they'll think, right, I know where she's going here. The sheer pace and trickery of it, you're no stopping her. So, obviously winning the, the player of the month as well. She's she's certainly going to be a key player for Rangers, despite being one of the younger ones um, in the squad. And then, Sam Kerr at Glasgow City was always a player that was kind of picked out that you're thinking maybe if she was played in a slightly different role or got a wee bit more game time, you would see that see that real player there. And she's really come to Rangers and she's obviously a good player at City, but she's kind of really stepped up at Rangers and has been one of their key players. And you see that there the other night again, coming off the bench to then to go make it 2-0. Um, she's a player that I like to watch. She's a very good, good football player as well, kind of isn't afraid to put a tackle in either as well as being creative there for them um, for Rangers and I mean we've always picked out um, their strength on the wings going forward from, from full back as well but she's that player in the middle that can help you to mix it up a bit and it's, it's clearly been important for Rangers this season and I think going forward those two will be will be key, uh, key cogs for them as well for them um, for next season Yeah and I mean for for, for Farmington the the run continues. Um, they'll, they, I think it'll probably continue on Sunday when they play Celtic, given what Celtic have at stake. Um, but you never know. They obviously got that 2-2 draw at Key Park, but a lot has changed um, since since that day. Um, yeah, in terms of goal scorers, probably haven't covered that. So Sam Kerr did get the second goal, a, a header. And then 
I mean, the the second and third goals were, yeah. I mean, they they happened. They were they were kind of bouncing balls in boxes, not picked up, and it was just happened to be a Rangers player that got got on it first. Uh, and then Lizzie Carnet, Lizzie Carnet, Lizzie Arnett, uh, tucked in and curled one in for our sixteenth of the season um, to make it four 0 um, Yeah, so come to win for Rangers, but they they are very much relying on a slip up now from Celtic to to secure that Champions League place, and given. Given Celtic's fixtures um, that they have left, it, it looks like a tough ass. But football, you never know. Uh, that's, that's the magic of it. Um, and it brings us on to our last game, the game that I didn't, didn't watch in real time and probably the best game on like, last night. So that that makes sense. Uh, Motherwell 2, Spartans 3. Um, there isn't conventional highlights up for this, but um, the SWPL tweeted out a kind of three-and-a-half-minute video. They've been doing these all through the season. Every game is matters focused on a player. Uh, this one was a focus on Jill Ingalls, the, the Motherwell captain, and you get highlights of the game in there. So if you are looking for highlights of the game, you can watch it on there. If you're wanting panoramic views of it, you're not going to get that. But you do get enough to see the game gamble, which is which is good. And I'm a bit, as as people know, I'm a big advocate of telling the stories beyond the football pitch. So um, it's good to get a little bit of that. Um, Motherwell go two and up, Campbell. Uh, Jade Gallen, Kayla McDonald, Dengua. Two good finishes, but they were both left in absolute acres to kind of to kind of put Motherwell in control. Yeah, defending certainly wasn't the strong point in him in the league last night, but um, they were very well taken from from both players, actually, as you, as you mentioned there. The first one, just the, the composure, really, to, to round the keeper to score. And then the second one, again, it's it's not always easy when you're through one-on-one, but Kayla's done well to pick her spot and to stick the ball away there. And Motherwell, we've, we've picked them out in the last few weeks, have, have shown signs of improvement. They've obviously picked up a few wins. They've been able to overtake Forfer. And... Um, Going to and I look you think, well, maybe they can go and continue here and it's, it's a good sign for them. And Spartans were poor, of course, but there was positives there from other one. Again, I don't think Shooter will be too disappointed with, with the result in the end, given given the work that's been going on at the club. But throwing away a two-goal lead at the same time is frustrating. So it was, it was always going to be expecting a Spartans reaction in the second half. And I still don't know what their penalty was given for. The highlights weren't great, but... If, I didn't appear to be much in it. It was, it was a strange one, but anyway, it was well taken for the year. And then uh, we saved, sorry, obviously, to then go and get the equaliser. But Spartans, we're going to say, it was, the second half performance was a lot better. It was better than what you'd, more of what you'd expect from a Spartan side that I say we, we always pick out just kind of being solid without being spectacular. Um, but as I say, they've come back and they've shown very good character there to, to come back and pick up the three points. Going in anywhere, 2 0 at half time was. Of course, it's not a school line you want. So to come back and get three points, Spartans would be delighted with that. And it keeps up their fight with Hibs as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably means Spartans will finish finish fourth now, um, given that they, they play Glasgow City on Sunday and then they face Hearts on the final day of the season and they've got a five-point advantage over Hibs, who also play Hearts um, and I think play Motherwell on the last day of the season, if I remember rightly. Uh, no, fourth performance in the last day of the season. Um so yeah, I think that's that's right. Uh, as you mentioned, Alana Marshall uh, penalty saved, well saved by Julie Pollard, but Alana Marshall was quickest to react. And then, as you were talking about earlier on, Alana Marshall has a bit of a pop from range, and it's out, out of the reach of Julie Pollard to make it to each. And then it looked like the game really kind of kicked on again because Chelsea Watson had a, a free kick that was well saved by Alicia Yates, um, and then there was a. Uh, a header from Becky Galbraith, well saved by Julie Pollard, but then uh, Michael Macaloni. Uh, clean through and go, and then she kind of toe poked it through um, Julie Pollard's Paul, Paul, legs. It looked like it's a, I don't know, it's a. I quite like toe poke finishes. I don't know why, but um, maybe it's because of how I play football. <laughs> um, but to to kind of also come back from you know, you already mentioned it. That's that's good for any side to kind of come back from that deficit after after being there at halftime. 
<laughs> when I first watched the goal, I was expecting her just to kind of open her body up and pass the ball into the far corner for there. So then she seemed to just kind of lose her balance, but it's done very well to finish it off. And then it's um, it's a perfect way to come back. You just say when you're two 0 down, you'd expect teams to head for their heads to go down, but um, obviously make it look exciting. Just to kind of show more in the second half about what they could actually do, and they did. And it's very good comeback. Um, it's it's a good finish, but it's kind of. It's one year. I don't think anyone's really expecting it, and then obviously the keepers came out to close down the angle, so we bit unlucky for um, for Michaela to, to put it through, put it through through her legs. But Spartans have picked up that win, as we say, that obviously puts them clear of Hibs now. There was going to be neck neck for a wee while, but Hibs defeat, you would imagine now, should pretty much confirm Spartans will, will take that um, that fourth spot, and that'll be good for them. I mean, they've obviously Hibs have been the side in previous years they've had to look to overtake. They've done that. It's tough again with Rangers and Celtic being there now, but fourth for Spartans around where you they hope to challenge for, I think, with with the levels of the squad at the minute. So overall it's been a good season for them. And again, you'd expect to see more of that again next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they've obviously added some experience to the, the youth that they have in their squad. I think Kat Smart's been a really shrewd signing for them in terms of adding that experience to the middle of the park. She's also been able to chip in with some goals. Um, also, Rachel Harrison being out just now is not, not ideal for them, but Alicia Yates is um, uh, one of the Scotland Youth Internationals and her getting game time can only be good for her future as well. Um, let's go ahead to the games on Sunday because I think probably the, the game of the day on Sunday, we've got an Edinburgh Derby, one o'clock, Hearts versus Hibs. Uh, Celtic 4 for Farmington is the BBC Sports Scotland game at 2 o'clock. Uh, Rangers are playing Motherwell. And then probably the game of the day, last one of the day, Spartans against Glasgow City. I think this is one that everybody will have their eyes on because everybody will look at it and will go, well, do you know what? Glasgow City haven't been firing in all cylinders in the last last week or so and Spartans will also be buoyed by that, that 3-2 comeback victory. But um, it should be an interesting one because the, the game that they had at Broadwood a few weeks ago I was at and I tell you what, it was it was feisty. It was a proper... There was a bit of needle in it. I'm quite interested to see how this one pans out in Sunday because if it goes like that again, it could become very scrappy and it could make, make it very difficult for Glasgow City. Spartans will take um, will take uh, hope almost from that game if you want to say it. They'll, they'll take encouragement from from the performance that day and again 3-1 you look at it and think right it's been fairly comfortable but it was one of those typical SWPL sort of just random splurts of goals that teams get at the top end and three quick goals for City Spartans obviously getting themselves back into it and then <laughs> 10 men would have helped them after Erin Clacker's challenge um, but there's the Spartans will be They'll be buoyed by it because they know how well they can play, and obviously City will be the same. They're not going to take them lightly. They've, they've made some changes um, last night. You'll expect probably to see around the, their um, strongest squad. Scott Booth will he'll give a lot of respect to Spartans. They're a side that have, of course, City bother over the years, and have the potential to do so again. So it's a really exciting game, and I just hope that it's it is it is quite tight. And it's not one that a team runs away with, but I certainly don't think it will be the case on Sunday. No, I don't think so either. You can feel there's a bit more tension in some of these games. Where I was watching the Hib Celtic game and even the Glasgow City Hearts game up until they, they kind of got that 3-1 up. Um, you can feel there is tension in these games and I think that will 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 play a part. Um, I also think I'd really like this to be a, a good spectacle for the 90 minutes because I think we've talked about that maybe some of the games in the last 20 they kind of break up a little bit. But I've got I've got a sneaky suspicion this is going to be a really good game on, on Sunday. So I would definitely kind of keep a eye out for it. And obviously in terms of Celtic, they... They should beat Forfar Farmington now. Um, it's a different team than the one they played uh, back back at this. Oh, who knows what month it was? It's very, very disjointed. But it's a different team that they're playing now, and Celtic will know that a win's what they need. And I'd expect Celtic to get a victory in that one. 
should, but whenever we say that, I say things don't go as planned. So um, it, it's been a tough, tough couple of months for Forfield. They've known it themselves, um, and it's it's one where they're, they're not going to go through to, to the East Coast and expect anything. But sometimes that could be the most dangerous Celtic again. You'd expect them to see a few more changes from the side that played at Hibs um, on Wednesday. So. It could be it could be an interesting one, but you have to fancy Celtic will be professional enough to get the job done um, in that game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, this, you can probably say the same for Rangers Motherwell. Motherwell, I think we've said multiple times now that we've been pretty impressed with Motherwell. It'll be interesting to see them next season. But um, yeah, Rangers will expect to win. They have to win if they want any any shot of uh, this Champions League place, um, even how remote it is now at this point. But um, yeah, they have to win. And then Hibs v Hearts has thrown up a couple of, a uh, win a piece, so a bit of a decider in that one. And it's interesting because um, Hibs will be expected, I mean, they were on the front foot against Celtic midweek, but they'll be expected to be on the front foot in this one as well, you would have thought. Should be. I mean, they, they were obviously on top in, in the last one at Ainsley Park, but there'll still be that sort of feeling in their head after obviously Hearts uh, beat them way back before the break there. So it's, again, it's one where if Hibs turn up and play the way that Hibs can do, then Hibs should go on and win it. But Hearts obviously, they've got nothing to fear. They've got nothing to lose either. So that they'll go out and, and play their natural game and hopefully we get an exciting end by Derby and one that kind of attacks able to come back to them um, when they're in the league again next season. So uh, there's there's a few good games to look forward to this weekend and see I'm expecting some perhaps tighter results than, than you would expect. We're always optimistic going into a weekend. That's that's the important bit. I don't know why. <laughs> but um yeah, so obviously games coming up this weekend, try and try and get them watched and if I know Spartans I think are, are definitely opening it up to spectators. Uh, I haven't seen if that's the case anywhere else at the moment. I would I don't think it will be for Celtic because K Park does not lend itself to that um, at the moment. Um, and I think Rangers had friends and family in for their game and Hearts, I think, have probably got the same issues maybe K-Park in terms of actually getting people in and out and getting the teams on. But we'll see. That might change. Um, we're not quite going to wrap up though because a couple of things. We kind of forgot that Scotland had friendlies announced uh, against Northern Ireland and Wales. I think that's probably more an indication of where the Scotland women national team feel like its priority is at the moment in the wider conversation. Um, obviously still don't have a manager, but um, those fixtures are taking place in the next couple of weeks. I saw that Wales have announced their squad already. Northern Ireland haven't yet for, for their game uh, and neither of Scotland, but interesting to see that. And obviously when they announce the squad, we will talk about it and we also will talk about the games when, when they happen. But I suppose the bigger news uh, today, the day of recording, is obviously the Team GB squad has been announced. Uh, and there's two Scottish players involved, Kim Little, who was part of the squad in 2012, and Caroline Weir. Um, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty wild squad in general, Campbell, but uh, there's been a lot of to and fro, and we, we were talking about this before we started recording. We were, there's been a lot of to and fro about Scottish players in, in Team GB, and I think it was... Um, I think it was uh, Stephen, Stephen Lothar who wrote the arrival book, kind of put it across best, which was, these players talk about that experience is one of the best of their lives and it's a one oh, it's not going to be once in a life since Kim was there in 2012 but it's a it's a an experience that personally will be a high point for them and I'd do you know what go go to the Olympics see see if you are going to ask me do you want to go and represent Team GB at Olympics in I don't know roller hockey I don't know what that, 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 that's not even an Olympic sport um, oh Chris <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I, I'd be there faster than a bullet train. I think it'd be a, a fantastic experience. What, what's, what's your thoughts on it, Campbell? 
I find the Olympic football strange because you get a lot of teams, men and women's games, will take sort of younger players. And you you always seem to see a strange sort of team win that that is maybe not the biggest football in the nation. You look at a lot of teams, Spain, France, whatever you taking under twenty ones about with them. Um, I watched a lot of the A League in Australia, and it's a really big thing of across there when it comes to the Olympics. Obviously, Japan is, is nearer to them as well, so they've got sort of the Socceroos and as sort of the men's team there now. They've also got the Ollieroos as they're calling them, which doesn't quite work, but it's just this kangaroo theme. But anyway, they are they take this real sort of this is a big thing for us. And again, it's it's not the first choice national side, but it's players that are that are old enough and they're still a really good squad there. So it's strange when you then look at that compared to the GB men's team, there's never really much, kind of, nothing around it. Whereas it comes to the women's one, and again, for a lot of them, it's a big thing to get there. Obviously, Scotland, until recently, hadn't really been to many major tournaments. Wales, again, obviously England's different. And if you look at the squad, I think it's what, 19 of the 22 or something in English. So it's pretty much an England squad, which to some people looking in, I've seen folk talking about it, where it's kind of that feeling of, because oh, I'm an England team here, it's an English coach, English players, why why are any of us bothering from, from Scotland or Wales? But then you hear Kim Little in particular speaking about it, where they're really proud to be there. Um, so if, if the players are happy enough to be there and it's something they look forward to, then to get picked is going to be a great honour for them. So if you're happy with it, then I don't see any, I don't really see a problem with it. And if they're going to take it seriously and go on, then there's a very good chance that Team GB is it would be could go on and win it there. Um, when it comes to complaints about having sort of no not many Scottish players in there, can you really make a case for many of them? But the qualifying campaign recently was was very poor, and other than the likes of Caroline Weir, Kim Little, who are, are doing it week in week out in WSL as well, are there really many Scotland players we could say deserve to be there? Probably not. So I don't really have any complaints about it there, but if these players are happy enough to go and play in what is essentially an England XI, then then I'll, I'm all for it, I suppose. And, but it's, it's it's obviously not me, so we can leave it there. But if these players are, are proud enough to go and do it, then why not go for it? It's another chance for them to kind of to show just how good a player they can be, and there's then obviously a chance that they'll feel they can go on and pick up a medal as well. So I'm not an Olympian. I don't know how good it feels, but I'd imagine it's pretty sound to go and to go win a gold medal. So if you've got that chance, go and take it. But maybe a wee bit unfair in the selection process. But then you look at the options. I'm not going to disagree with who's picking it. I mean, I'm the squad's a riot. But um, uh, yeah, who would, so like, <laughs> who would not, you put in? Uh, this is a Scottish football podcast, so unfortunately, we <laughs> can't go into that. But um, yeah, so I mean, the the 15 of the 18 are, are English, and I completely. I completely understand the concerns relating to that. I mean, I saw Rachel Furness uh, mention the fact that she was pretty disappointed there wasn't a Northern Ireland player in that squad. Um, Sophie Engel's the only Welsh player in the squad, obviously, Kim Little, Caroline. I mean, I thought Ian Cuthbert would have been pretty much a shoe-in for that, for that squad. Even Not the even on the reserve list, list now, we just saying yeah. that even the four reserves are English, you would think Northern Ireland have just qualified for, for their first major tournament. And so you're thinking, well, why not go and give a couple of them, even if you're not playing every single game? But again, I'm not, I'm not in charge, am I? No, but I mean, I think the other part of it is like, this always constant, oh, what will it do for the Scottish national team? If it was going to be a problem, it would have been a problem nine years ago and we wouldn't still have a Scottish national team that has gone to Euros and gone to a World Cup. So I, I don't buy that at all in that respect. But yeah, I mean, if the players are happy, I'm happy. People be happy. Like, it's such a 
such a uh, Campbell doesn't buy that, but uh, yeah, such a such a fundamental thing to do. So yeah, uh, I, I I'll be interested to see how it goes on, and you know I wish them well, and if they if they win a medal, that's good for them, as you say. I think we don't know, but we assume that winning an Olympic medal will be class. So there you go. Um, I think that probably wraps up before we waffle on any more about Olympic medals. So Campbell, thanks very much as always, buddy, for coming on. Hi, no worries. And uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll also be back next week. Uh, we won't have any midweek games this week, next week, which is scenes. Um, but um, yeah, we will be back <laughs> next week. So uh, until then, stay safe and we'll speak again soon. <laughs>